Hi, I'm Emily Williams, the founder of the top success and personal development company for driven women called I Heart My Life. I grew my company from $442 to seven figures in my first 18 months. And since then, it's become a movement for women who know they're meant for something big and refuse to settle. At I Heart My Life, we operate with the belief that anything is possible and no dream is too big. We're all about combining business strategy, deep mindset work, high performance practices, money tips, and a whole lot of lifestyle to help you get the results you deserve in all areas of life. Because after all, we only get this one shot. This is your one-stop shop for all things inspiration. So grab your favorite drink and a pen and a notebook and get ready to be inspired. Oh, and if you're not a member of our community, go to iheartmylife.com slash join and receive all of our emails and announcements. And while you're at it, copy and paste this episode link and share it with three friends. Now on to the episode. Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 231, How to Rebuild After Hitting Rock Bottom in Life with Daniel Mangena. So Daniel is a public speaker, author, podcast host, and overall super inspiring person and leader in the online space. He's somebody who I greatly admire, and I actually heard his story for the first time here on the I Heart My Life show. It's something that I was so blown away by, and I was so honored to experience such vulnerability through what he shared. And I know that you are going to be transformed by hearing his words and just really understanding how he was able to move through not only one, but two losses of incredible million-dollar companies before he was even in his late 20s, how he was able to move through suicidal tendencies and experiences with depression, and ultimately get to the other side where he decided he wanted to live his life fully and he wanted to help others do the same. So again, this episode does contain content about depression and suicide. So I just want to let you know in case you are sensitive to those topics. And overall, it's such a deep, compassionate and beautiful conversation about what it is to live life to the fullest and how we can start to transform our mindset on a daily basis to achieve everything that we were put on this earth to do. So let's go ahead and dive in. Are you looking to transform your relationship with money? Are you looking to make more money? Are you looking to increase your sales or maybe support your team in making more sales? If so, keep listening. We have our I Heart Money course available just for you. This is my signature course that helps you uncover all the things that are stopping you from creating more wealth. We go through eight modules together. You get a workbook plus video trainings, as well as access to over 20 hours of group coaching calls that I recorded with real life women who want to make more money. You're going to get so much from this program, and I want to give you an opportunity to get it at 15% off. So if you go to iheartmylife.com and go to our courses page, you're going to see iHeartMoney on there. If you use the promo code podcast, you're going to save that 15%. We'll also link it in the show notes. I want to make sure that you are able to create as much wealth as you desire, because that's the only way that you're going to be able to impact the world and step fully into your purpose and have all of the opportunities that you desire. You deserve to live a life of abundance. You deserve to be fully satisfied. You deserve to be fulfilled. And that's what I Heart Money is all about. 
So again, it's perfect for you if you are a new entrepreneur. It's perfect for you if you are a seasoned entrepreneur looking to go to the next level. It's perfect for you if you're in a career and you want to have a raise. It's perfect for you if you want to support your team and going to the next level. Maybe you have a sales team and you want to help them hit their next level money goals. It's also perfect for you if you want to learn all about money mindset and teach it to your clients. So again, go to iheartmylife.com, go to the courses page and check out iHeartMoney and use the promo code podcast to save 15%. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Dan. I'm really pumped to have you here today. I am pumping here also. There is lots of pumping. (laughs) (laughs) It is a funny phrase. (laughs) I know. Well, I'm excited. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited. That sounds much more delectable. Yeah. So... I, I'm excited because I don't know much about your backstory. And that's one of mm-hmm. my favorite things to dive into on this show mm-hmm. is just to really understand how you came to do what you do and you know mm-hmm. how you became this amazing inspirer. So take oh, us back. You. Tell us about the story behind the success. Uh, you know, the first word that always comes to mind was, uh, tell me what did it for you. Like paid. It was paid that did it. <laughs> it was pain and failures and mess ups and redemption and ignoring calls from the universe and then getting smashed over the head by the universe for not listening the first time and then beautiful experiences and then more pain and then that's kind of like the emotional roller coaster but in real terms you know i got into mindfulness and esoterics and visualization in my teens so i read think and grow rich when i was 17 years old um I, 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 but the thing is that when you haven't been tested by life and you haven't got the wisdom that goes with the power of knowledge, you can just be like a walking time bomb that's just going to just explode in the wrong way. And that's kind of what happened with me. I made my first million when I was 19 years old. And as great as that experience was, it ended up being disastrous because I had no idea what the fudge I was doing. I probably should have been like getting drunk and, and, you know, dancing with girls or whatever um i found out when i was 27 i had asperger's that probably explains why i was sort of geeking out and reading things and trying to start businesses but i got a lot of things wrong i didn't have the right licensing and that ended up kind of getting taken away from me um i went off and started another business i was undeterred i was i wasn't i wasn't i didn't feel the loss it kind of just felt like a like a like a setback because up until then everything had kind of worked out in my life, even things that looked like they'd gone a bit wrong, they kind of all kind of worked out for the best for me. And of course, I was into all this positive mindset stuff. So I was like, oh, it's a bump in the road. And it took me growing up a lot to learn that bumps in the road, yes, are just bumps in the road. But if we don't pay attention to them, they can become, you know, tragic accidents. And it took losing everything the second time, coming up against uh, a dalliance with suicide. The second time, everyone stole everything from me, which is an, a story that probably needs a lot more alcohol to be told without tears. But it was, it was really building my life after the second time, coming to build beyond intention, which became the model that really saved my life. A lot of what I practice and, and share with people is, is life experiences. I didn't pull it out of my hat. I didn't be, you know, a thought leader because I wanted to make more money or be famous. I literally was was pulled to doing this because 
the universe showed me that the, the reason, one of the reasons why I'd gone through all of this is so that other people don't have to necessarily go through this, this steep learning curve. And so it was rebuilding after the second loss, um, learning the lessons from everything that had gone wrong from before, learning to deal with shame, learning to deal with loss, uh, personal redemption, learning about collaboration, learning that I don't know everything, learning that what other people th things other people have to say aren't so important. That brings me to the place that I am today, which is someone that doesn't consider themselves to be a master or anything, just an ongoing student, someone that understands the power of community, the power of collaboration, the power of being open and humble to learning from others um, and other things, uh, and who has a lot of fun doing that and sharing that journey with other people. Thank you for sharing all of that with me. And there's so much I want to dive into before we get mm -hmm. into the specifics of your work today. Um, sure. I'm, I'm really curious to know about this initial business that you had when you were 19. Mm -hmm. What was that? Mm -hmm. So basically what happened was uh, my, my, my good friend, Joel, he had a brother that was my barber. Okay. Now I found this website called Gem Discount. to Gem Wholesale a couple of years later. What was happening is um, catalog returns. They would get catalog returns, put them into big parcels, and you buy a parcel for like, I don't know, 1,500 pounds, 2,000. And it's like a bric-a-brac. You don't know what you're going to get in there. But there was always a lot more than 2,000 pounds of value in the parcel. And what ended up happening, I ended up partnering up with, with Joel's brother, um, and we started a business, basically buying these parcels, breaking them up, and he knew lots of ways to sell them. So he was... We had a network of people and, and that's where the business started. And then I found some other cool resources. I found this really cool um, company that would go to car auctions for you. So you'd give them like three or like a couple of colors, a couple of engine sizes. So you'd, you'd, you'd never really get exactly what you wanted, but you give them a couple of things and they go out to auction and we're all getting discounts as much as 50%. So what we did was people pay us 200 pounds. We'd, um, we'd, you know, we'd put this, the, their car in the system. And then when, the when something similar was coming up to lot we get them put down a deposit and then the company would go out and buy the car we deliver it to them and we put a little markup on it and we made money with that and we ended up building up a really great team doing that but this is where everything went wrong more and more opportunities kept coming in more and more really cool stuff that required more and more money so what we started doing was um, bringing people in who would go out and find people to invest in our projects that's illegal in the UK. You can't do that without a license. So what actually ended up happening is I accidentally set up a criminal enterprise that wasn't actually acting criminally, but was breaking the law by not having the right licenses to take, um, it's called um, accepting deposits whilst not being authorized by the Financial Services Authority, which is basically the UK's equivalent of the SEC. So although we're doing great stuff, you know, the authority got to come in and say, sorry, you can't have that. Plus you can't have any of the money that you've made because it's actually against the law to do that. So uh, we ended up doing a lot more doing import and export. We started doing real estate stuff, um, buying off plan, develop stuff in developments and, and flipping them later. Lots of really cool things. But unfortunately, the way it was funded meant that I didn't get to keep any of the money. Wow. So that story is amazing. My curiosity is going to the place of how in the world did you even know to start a business? Did you grow <laughs> up around entrepreneurs? Like, where did that even come from? You know, the thing is, Emily, I was about, I don't remember when this really first started, but I remember as young as 12 or 13, knowing that I was going to become a millionaire. There was no doubt in my mind that that was going to be the case. Initially, I thought I was going to be an investment banker. And so that's the path I, I initially went down. 
I actually got into Oxford University to study PPE, but I was the year of the great grade scandal, 2002. So I ended up losing my place. Um, and I basically turned my back on the system then and said, okay, you know, screw being a banker. I'm just going to just go and be an entrepreneur. That's just what I'm going to do. I taught myself to make computers when I was 13. I had a tuck shop at school. Um, whenever I'd go away on holiday, I'd always look for things I could buy and bring back to sell. So I always had the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and I just went full, full Rambo on it um, <laughs> um, at this point and just went, went and played hard. And the thing is, is that whilst that's great, I, I do, I don't want to use the word regret, but it's the closest word I've got to it that I didn't take the time out to, to learn a bit more about what business is and how it works beforehand. Um, when I go down the what if, if only, I, was like, I wonder where I would be by now. Um, because at the time I had literally no limiting beliefs at all. I had complete certainty about my ability to create anything. And that showed up in how I manifested. But, you know, as I teach now about alignment, that dogged mental belief without experience, without the experience to create the, the systems, the processes, the environment and, and the support to, to hold it. And without the vibrational experience to, to have something so large, it's going to fall away. Just like with lottery winners, you know, 90% of them losing uh, everything within five years. And that's just what happened to me. I didn't have the capacity to hold it or the systems and processes to support keeping it. Um, even with the, uh, the, 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 the complete certainty that I had in my mind. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And you and I had a conversation on your podcast a few days ago, and mm -hmm. I mentioned to you that I've realized over the years that not everyone should be a business owner. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that's totally true. And I also think it's true in what you're saying that, yes, we can start businesses. So many people have the opportunity to do so now with the mm -hmm. online space and you know everything that's available to us. But that doesn't mean that we have all the information. That doesn't mean that we're actually, like you said, have the capacity to hold the container of a business or actually mm. know how to run it. So I'm curious to know a little bit more about, you know, you, like you said, you lost the, the second business and mm -hmm. What was it that was the wake up call for you that was like, you know what, before I start anything else, I need to do some work here. After losing everything the second time, that was a big crusher for me because I was an arrogant little twat back then, Emily. I'm, <laughs> I wasn't the happy chappy that I am today. I was an arrogant toe rag, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I really, really was. Um, and the wake up call was everything, losing everything the second time. I was like, oh, well, maybe I don't know everything. And, you know, for me, the, the lack of belief that going from complete certainty to complete lack of belief in yourself in such a short period of time was, was fantastically nearly disastrous for me because the only reason why I didn't attempt a suicide is because I didn't believe I could pull it off without failing at that too. That's it. Wow. That's the only reason why I didn't even try. Um, I literally felt I had nothing left to contribute. I was more of a pain to everyone the shame of running around like Mr. Johnny Big Socks saying that I know everything and now being proven that I don't. And my perceived, you know, this perceived knowledge, you know, I know everything. I know what people are thinking that people are laughing and, Oh, look, there he is this, you know, he thought he knew everything, but he didn't because I've always had people that said that kind of thing, but I've always been able to prove them wrong. Right. I've always had people that doubted in me. I remember um, I was the first black person to be the head boy and make the honors role. Um, in my school, it was a predominantly white area, but still that was a big, a big thing for me. And even some of the teachers had said in class, oh, you know, 
Dan Mangan is never going to get head boy, you know, this and that. And I did it. And that was what my life had been up to that point. People doubting me and saying I couldn't do things and me proving them wrong. And here I was actually at last being shown that I don't know everything and maybe I'm not right. And that was a lot. And so my journey into where I am today wasn't even trying to find a way to recover from that. I was actually trying to find out what was wrong with my manifesting so that I could pull off my suicide without failing. That's where this journey started. I wanted to understand what was wrong so that when I eventually attempt suicide, I'm going to pull it off uh, and not fail. But the time that was spent polluting my, my mind with inputs that are positive, purely because that was the kind of content that I needed to be in, in order to, to find out what's wrong with the manifesting, changed my unconscious program. It changed that, that intention that I had got overwritten by a much stronger unconscious program that was fed by years of consistently putting the right kind of content into my brain. So there wasn't a conscious point where I said, oh, this is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to try again and build a business. I kind of woke up. I was like, oh, I actually enjoy my life. I'm actually doing cool things. I'm doing another business and it's working. It's been consistently building at a nice steady pace. We started off few hundred here and there, and then a few thousand here and there, four figures a week, five figures a week, six figures a month. And it built up slowly over time and it's been sustainable. And that same kind of sustainable growth is what I've carried into the business that I do now. You know, it started off a little bit here and there. We got to six figures in four months and now we do six figures a month, but it took time. Um, It took building relationships, learning, getting the right guidance, the right mentorship and being okay with the journey and the time that it does take. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing all that. So from the time when you lost the first business, you said you were mm-hmm. 19 and the second business was 27. No, so- no, not even that. By, oh. by, in fact, the second business I built up, uh, it took me about two and a half years to build up the next oh. one. And then that was gone within a year. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> so wow. It, was, it was all in a really short period of time. Uh, by the time I hit 27, 28 is when I, I really sort of got back in the saddle rebuilding my life again. Gotcha. And mm. what do those what do those first steps look like for you in terms of rebuilding? Um, so I was working in a call center um, in the city of London between 1.30 in the afternoon and 8.30 at night doing the exact same seven minute customer service call to Volkswagen clients over and over and over and over again. And then in the morning, I was looking for clients for the business. So I started off with finding um, people who wanted trade finance is where we started. I had relationships still with that. I tapped into those relationships, saw if they'd still be open to working with me. I then went back to relationships, seeing who'd be open to giving me a chance to to provide some services to them, building some trust, building some relationships, getting some referrals um, and and building that up until, you know, more relationships led to more opportunities of things that I could offer as problems that I could solve and then building that out and then building new networks of clients with problems and then finding solutions for those until we built out a whole suite of different solutions that we provided for people across the world. Wow. What sort of solutions? So mainly project funding was the main thing. I've done some stuff for a couple of governments. Um, so, you know, working with producing strategies for them to approach the World Bank to get different um, different guidelines on them being able to, for example, leverage their sovereign guarantees. Um, I've helped people fund developing private islands. I've worked on a, a couple of airport projects, purchases and developments, Um We've looked at everything from small-scale real estate development in the UK to large-scale. I didn't end up actually closing this client, but we worked on a client who he used to work for the Four Seasons Group and this half-finished luxury resort in the Cayman Islands. He needed like forty million for it, and he didn't have you know he didn't have any money. And we worked out a solution for him to be able to 
to raise the money to buy that and then a strategy to to sell the development and flip it out to people and that's the kind of thing i did just solving really cool problems for people so was the common thread in terms of your interest when you started like this work was mm-hmm. it was it you know, I just want to help people solve problems. Like, was it like an Olivia Pope sort of a thing where it's like, you're the fixer? (laughs) Like, I just don't even know what the pitch is. Are you just going to these different relationship contacts and saying, you know, what problems do you have? Well, the thing, the thing was, is that I was, I was quite known to be like this prolific young guy that was doing crazy things. Um, And people like, okay, you, you have to speak to him. So for a while, people would come to me and say, Hey, I've got this problem. I need to raise funds for this, or I've got this business that's doing that, but it's not really acting as effectively as it could. Or a, a crazy one. I'll give you another example of a crazy one. We had a guy, he had a, an, he sold beauty products in the UK. He had great, you know, customers. His supplier had a new product. He didn't actually have the money to buy the product from his supplier who wouldn't give him credit. So we're talking about a couple of million a year, um, you know, in revenue that he was going to lose. And he came to me with this problem. And I came up with a solution whereby I created a way for his clients to get credit from their banks to give him the money for him to go and get credit, some collateral in his bank, to then get a line from them to go and get the, the product from the supplier, and then he could have his business. So sometimes people came because they heard I'd solved a similar problem for someone else and wanted me to solve something for them. And sometimes people just came with curveballs and they were like, hey, this is the problem. Have you got any ideas? And then depending on the size of the problem, I charge them accordingly for solving it. And so did that really help build your, or rebuild your confidence? A hundred percent, because by then I didn't, the thing is, I didn't even realize, Emily, that my confidence had been rebuilt. You know, people are like, when was the magic moment when you realized you didn't want to commit suicide anymore? I was like, that moment doesn't exist. I kind of just woke up and realized I actually love life. I still get, you know, the onset of depression, wanting to be a part of my life. I still get, you know, imposter syndrome. I still get, you know, is this all nonsense and am I making it all up? But then the cool thing is I'm resourced now to go back to, no, you know, it's not because here's the evidence. Look at what you've achieved. Look at the change that you make in people's lives. And that just reinforces me sort of staying on track. So there was no magic moment. It kind of just folded into becoming what I do now with confidence. The confidence kind of slipped in through the back door from me repeatedly sort of blasting my my environment with with inputs that say you can do it because that's all i've got evidence to say that i can but now i've got the um the experience of humility and being open to being wrong and not tying up my identity and my feelings of self-worth in getting it right all the time if that makes sense yeah it makes total sense and i love the way that you phrased this you said depression wanting to be a part of my life, you know, Mm -hmm. almost like it's a separate thing. Mm -hmm. So what do you do in those moments when you feel like it's trying to creep back in? So it's really cool. I actually tell about real in my book, Stepping Beyond the Intention, I actually tell about a real experience that happened when I had a a day when it was really cripplingly bad. And I said at the end of the story, you probably think this was 10 years ago, but it was a couple of, you know, it was a couple of months ago, like 2017 or 2018 that happened. And you know, I get up and I can feel it now because I'm, I'm really in tune with myself. I've spent a lot of time building a close relationship with myself, my body, with my mind and with my emotions. So when I start to see those, um, <laughs> those black flags <laughs> coming up in the morning, the first thing I do is I go into complete and utter compassion for myself, right? I don't beat myself up. I don't try and resist it. I, I give myself space. If I've got calls that day that need to be canceled, I cancel them. And I give myself space to breathe into 
does this have something to show me right now? Have I been burning the candle at both ends? Have I not been paying enough attention to gratitude? Have I not been um, nourishing and looking after myself and caring for myself? I do that and I just give myself space to see what the micro shift is. You know, there was there have been times when, you know, it's lasted a couple of days and all I've been able to do is get out of bed and go and have a shower and then go back to bed. And I'm, I'm completely okay with that. As long as I don't stay still, any move forward at all, no matter how small, I celebrate it. And that creates a new, a new, um, a new baseline going forward. So now when it comes in, I know that I can get into the shower. I can get dressed, even if I don't go uh, and do anything really big and productive that day, even if I've had to cancel everything. Even if all I could do is go down to, you know, get to the beach and get to the water and sort of just spend some time there nourishing myself. I know that I'm not going to stay still. I know that I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole. I know I'm going to move forward, but I'm really compassionate and gentle with myself in that journey. That's beautiful. I love that. It sounds like it's a lot about uh, acceptance. Yes, 100%. 100%. Love it. And so in addition to what you just described and that beautiful practice, and like you said, you've spent a lot of time with yourself, getting to know yourself, being in tune with your body. What would you say some of the the other big difference makers have been in terms of you becoming the person you are today? And not trying to do it all in one go. So a big part of what I teach is something called micro shifts and just asking myself, what can I do without resistance? Doing that, celebrating it and seeing if I'm ready to take another move without resistance or if I need to pause before again, checking in and seeing if I'm ready to make another move without resistance. That keeps me in perpetual expansive motion, never at a point where I'm going to burn out or a point where I'm pushing my buttons, but at a point where I'm always seeking to push the edge as much as I can so that there's continual growth. That's been a big one. Another big one has just been letting go of my beliefs about what I think other people have got to say. What do you mean by that? So most of the time we think, oh, people are saying this and people are saying that. And most people aren't even really thinking about us as much as we think they are. Uh, there's a meme that I saw once and there's this guy looking up at heaven saying, God, save me from my haters. And God looks down and says, bro, nobody's thinking about you. You know, people have got, <laughs> people have got their own stuff. And I've found that people that do actually have time to think about you or to talk about you are probably just running away from their own stuff. So why are you like, why are you giving weight to someone that's not even really thinking about you? They're just running away from themselves. So true. I remember I saw Rachel Hollis had a, sh- or James told me, actually, he saw her speaking. She had a shirt that said, no one's watching, no one cares. Yeah. And so <laughs> we talk about that a lot when it comes to marketing and just, yeah. you know, we think that there's a spotlight on us at all times. There isn't, there isn't. Most no. <laughs> people are just looking for something that they've got something to say with. Um, that's really it. Like they've got some kind of vested insight. They're really looking out for themselves. That's it. Um, even what's the, what's the I think it's Adam Smith that said it's not the benevol- it's not from the benevolence of the baker or the butcher that we get our bread and meat, but from their own self interest. Mm. Like even when someone does give us something, there's a self interest. I've got self interest in doing what I do. I'm blessed for it not to necessarily be money for me because I you know I've got enough abundance to not need it to be money. But I get off on doing what I do. If I didn't get off on it, I wouldn't be doing it yet. So I do have self-interest. It just happens to be more of an expansive self-interest that's also a benefit of those who get to, to, to partake in what I do. But we always have a self-interest and other people do have a self-interest. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But we have to ask ourselves, are we allowing the self-interest of people running away from their own problems or you know, having given up on their own dreams and wanting to keep you playing small because they didn't play big? Are you going to let that hold you back from living your best life? 
How do you handle that? I'm curious to know as somebody who is in the personal development space, you know, both Mm -hmm. of us are, and Mm -hmm. we see a lot of people who have so much potential and then it's like, oh no, I can't do that. There's the kid's soccer game and I got to take the trip or I don't have the money. Like, how do you deal with that? Because it bothers me. (laughs) I don't (laughs) deal with it well. (laughs) You know what the, the biggest thing to me is? Leaving them to it leaving them to it so i'm a certified instructor for a modality called reality trance surfing and in rt there's a there's a, a golden rule that the creator vadim zealand says he said do you basically allow other people to do them be you and allow the people to do them one of your fellow authors over at hay house is a friend of mine mira kelly she wrote a book called um, um beyond past lives and there's a line in that book that i love i always quote it and if mira if you're listening to this how you doing darling it's um and i'm going to butcher it but even with my butchering, you're going to get the spirit of it, okay? In it, she says, don't be upset when people don't follow the spiritual path in this lifetime. They could have spent a thousand lifetimes mastering that and now come to experience something else. Beautiful. So, so I don't true. know. I don't know what the grand scheme of what they're going through is. I do know that me expending my energy, taking energy and nourishment away from myself, and I know Jane speaks about this a lot, you know, putting other people ahead of yourself, you know, taking that energy to go and try and force my ideas about what someone else should be doing doesn't make any sense to me. I'd rather put that energy into inspiring them and giving them the opportunity to know that they can do something different and then being available to support them if they choose to take up that opportunity. But if they don't, I wish them well and I carry on supporting those who do. Beautiful. So true. And so you mentioned a lot of the things that really light you up in terms of your work and, and fuel mm-hmm. you. So what are you most excited about in terms of what you're doing right now? Right now, it's sort of scaling this idea of bringing people to understanding that abundance is their birthright, um, doing a lot more um, with, uh, with wider publications, starting to move into a few more TV appearances and stuff like that. And just taking this, this uh, and we both you know we both look at this inner world and outer world working together in, in harmony to create outcomes i talk about it as alignment you know what we're thinking what we're feeling and what we're doing leading to new outcomes you know preaching the gospel of intentionality and having people recognize that if you're surrendering but there's no intentionality in that you're just surrendering to your unconscious programs and nothing's going to change just bringing these ideas and having people start making those micro shifts start doing something different you know i've got a kid now and I thought I got it when I just had my stepdaughter, like, oh, you know, I want the world to be a better place. But now that I've got my own little human, where I've got like some, some, ke- some flour in the cake mix, I'm like much more committed to looking at what contribution I can make to creating that tipping point where the world can cheesily be a better place for my kids, for my grandkids, for my nephews and nieces, and for generations to come. It's beautiful. Can you talk, as we're wrapping up, can you talk a little bit about why you believe abundance is our birthright? When you look at nature, Right. We're, as much as we with our humanness forget that we're, we're part of nature. If you look at nature, there is no lack anywhere naturally occurring in nature. The only time it happens is when our humanness gets into the mix. We overfish, we overfarm, we, we cull the forests, we move into an environment and we consume all the resources and don't care, take care of things. But when nature's left to its own devices, it's always abundant. Everything moves into harmony and takes care of everything else and it has everything that it needs. When we step into true flow, when we're living out our purpose, when we are adding instead of trying to take away and entering into that harmony, all of our needs are always taken care of. You know, those opportunities come, those, the, 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 the resources to live out that dream come, the, 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 that connection shows up. Everything always clicks into place as long as we are open to being in alignment with the flow of that naturally occurring abundance and it's asked for the taking. 
Yeah, that's so true. I've been thinking a lot about that. I listened to, are you familiar with David Nagel? Oh yeah. Love David. Yeah. David Nagel. Yeah. yeah. He talks <laughs> a lot about nature and, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we think about how difficult we, we make things and then compare mm-hmm. it to nature, which doesn't really try, it just is, mm-hmm. it's such, it's just such an amazing reference point when we're mm-hmm. going out of control or we're trying to make something into something it's not, or we're trying mm-hmm. to force things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love everything that you just shared. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the, the foundations to what we, t- we teach about with money DNA, just understanding that when you get that there is a, a, there is a coding into your entire being that naturally is going to evolve into what you receive in terms of abundance, but then understand that you can actually tweak and leverage that in order to get the most out of what you are doing. It just becomes a much easier ride than pushing and striving. You're just being and tweaking what that being is and then allowing that being to unfold into what you receive. Thank you for sharing that. So where can people find you, Dan? Dreamwithdan.com. That's where everything is. All the social media links, my podcast books, free events, free resources. Dreamwithdan.com is where it's all at. And the final question we ask all of our guests here in the I Heart My Life show is a good one. What is, I know you have a million answers to this, but just (laughs) pick the one that's that's top of mind for you. I'll give you one. What is one way that people can create a life that's better than their dreams? I would say get clear on what your dream is first and then scale it by like a million. Just play with it completely sexually without any limitations, but get clear on what the dream is first and then scale up from there. Love it. Yeah. I mean, our mind can only take us so far. So that first initial, this is my dream. Like you Mm -hmm. said, just like blow that out of the water, scale it because Mm -hmm. you're capable of so much more. Exactly. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dan. I really admire you. And I know everyone is going to be so inspired by this episode and everything that you brought to it, the energy, the teachings, the wisdoms, the, the lessons. And just like you, I feel like the difficult moments are not only in service to me and my growth, but also to my community. And the more that we can share that and be honest, the more people feel less alone. And they're also able to, to move forward with their big vision and to dream and to make that massive transformation that I know you help people do every day. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to co-create and looking forward to doing more. Same. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I hurt my life show. That's hashtag I hurt my life show. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.